Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sporting events, concerts, all types of shows. My favorite part of the app is the easy checkout process. Just two taps, very convenient, very effortless. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what you have to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I am your host, Jovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. I'm feeling a little better, and the main reason for that right now is I have Zach Harper on, uh, my good buddy for years and years and years, but it, it took nine months for him to come on my podcast, even though yesterday was the first time I asked him on. Yeah, uh, so man. Like, I no offense. <laughs> I feel a little slighted. Like, to, to be honest, on I, this I, day, I like, I mean, come on, man. I felt you're too big time for for the podcast. Wow. Okay. Like, like you're 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 national. You're you're doing all these cool things. But um, I'm so glad it's like a, this out. is an attempt at like a rating sweep. Is that what yeah. this is? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna work, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I like try, I'm trying to. <laughs> it's like when a movie star makes a cameo on a TV show. You know, sure, you right? To, yeah, <laughs> something uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know the question at the top of not only every Clipper fan's mind, but every just general NBA fans mind is why do you hate their team? So right now you have the Clippers fifth in yeah. the power rankings. Why do you hate the Clippers? Can you just walk us through that process and explain yourself? It's mostly, I hate Chuck the Condor. Okay. I think that's mostly what it is. It's just, that's it's, fair. Yeah. It's a penalty for still having Chuck the Condor after he stuck a you know finger in a 104 year old <laughs> veterans uh, ear who this veteran, you know, survived Normandy and then, you know, 60 something years later, uh, a, a, a stuffed bird sticks his finger in his ear. Um, <laughs> so it's mostly it's mostly that. No, uh, no, man. I You know, it's funny. So we were you know, we did the, the Basket Buds podcast on uh, on the athletic uh, earlier on Tuesday. And um, and so we're talking about like the Bucks and the win streak stops. We're talking about the Lakers, how good they are. And I say, like, I still think the Clippers are the best team in the league. Um, now that's not reflected in the power rankings, but there is a little bit of like, all right, based on how play is going and everything. But if you told me like, I got to pick a team to win the title this year, I'm still picking the Clippers because I really do think they have the best playoff team. And, um, you know, had they, had they not dropped that, that game without Kawhi at the end of the week, they would have been up to fourth, maybe even third. Uh, they would have been climbing back up. And, and since the Bucks finally lost, uh, during this win streak, who knows? Maybe the Clippers climb next week. You got to you got to tune into the Athletic to find out. <laughs> no, I was just giving you a hard time, but I, I agree with you actually. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm slightly biased because I see the team, you know, on a daily basis. But I, I still think that when healthy, they're the best team. But the, the problem is they haven't been healthy basically all season. So it's like you're almost kind of projecting some of the optimism you've yeah. seen in certain games, and it's like. 
Um, like I, I thought tonight might be the first night they're, you know, healthy for the first time all season, but it, it seems like Jermichael Green's going to miss tonight. So, you know, he's, I guess, their eighth, ninth guy in the rotation. So they're, they're still not going to have their full rotation, but this is really the first time they have everyone except one guy, which is as healthy as they've been all season uh, since like the first, I guess, second week of the season. So they've just been banged up. Um, I have a story coming out tomorrow where I kind of talk about it, but I looked at the top five teams in, in both conferences. And, you know, that's generally the rule of thumb to kind of be a true contender is you got to be at least a top five seed. I mean, it's more so even like top three, but yeah. top five, you can kind of like get away with it, especially if you're in like a deeper conference like the West. But looking at those top, basically top 10 teams and, you know, in each conference, uh, the Clippers have lost the most games due to injury. And it's not really close. The only team that's close to them is Toronto. But outside of that, there's a big gap between like them and like third place, fourth place, fifth place, on and on. And I think that's something that really has to be factored in is, you know, they, they've, and, and now load management, I, I factored in as an injury thing. So like, I mean, you got Kawhi, you got PG, yeah. Andrew Shamit's been injured, Ronnie Magruder, Jermichael Green, now Pat and, and Lou have missed some games recently. So like really you go down the rotation, Montrez Harrell and Avita Zubots are really the only two like top 10 guys on this team that haven't missed games. And I think if you look at almost any other team, like like Denver's had four games missed the injury with, with their like top eight, nine guys. Uh, Dallas is like 10. So like the, the difference between, you know, those teams versus the Clippers, it's it just you can't really compare it. Yeah. But, and on the, on the other side of that, though, I do wonder, is there a point where you can assume they will be healthy? Right. Like they like they, I think yeah, they've, no, they've, they've trudged through. They've trudged through and they've been they've been remarkable, you know, a couple of a couple of miscues here and there on on random nights but for the most part like they've been remarkable when they're relatively healthy but like i'm the only concern i have about the clippers this year um you know after basically a third of the season is whether or not Kawhi's knee is gonna hold up right like that's the only like i don't have that's a big concern it is it's a huge (laughs) one like i don't have concerns about strategy i don't have concerns about paul george i don't have concerns are they big enough like whatever right like it's just no is Kawhi's knee okay and if it's not then there's no chance they win the title. Well, I shouldn't say there's no chance. He could still be a superhero on one leg, but there's a you know a, a highly reduced chance they win the title. But if you can tell me that Kawhi is going to be you know healthy in the playoffs, like yeah, man, like I like there. That's the only real concern I have. Whereas with other teams, like there, you know, I can go through a checklist of three, four items with each team at least, and and be worried. But yeah, like I, I there is a certain point where I wonder. Are we just assuming this team's going to get healthy at this point or at some point, or is it, you know, is, and is that even a realistic thing? Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a good point that you bring up because it's like, it's at some point you can't just rely on the hypothetical of the situation. It has to be, what's the reality. And, and with this team, I don't think they're at that point yet, but, and look, it, it could be Thursday where everyone's back. Like Jermichael, you know, as close to being back, he returned momentarily, right. you know, a few games ago and then just wasn't ready. So he sat out the last few. So who knows by Thursday, it could be the first time all season, all 15 guys are healthy and, and ready to play. Uh, so we're not that far from that, but we're also not that far from Kawhi resting another game or someone else getting banged up and, you know, having to sit out a few games. So with them, I mean, they're just so hard to evaluate because you haven't seen the full picture. Like, Tonight, what I, the thing I'm most interested about is Landry Shamit has yet to play with Kawhi and PG. Uh, so, like, you know, he's the, the best shooter on the team or, or second best, depending on him versus Paul George, how you view that. But you know, he, he's the best shooting weapon, at least for those two guys. And I just think the, the the gravity he has, the spacing he can create, 
kind of running those JJ Redick floppy sets along the baseline. Like that's going to be a huge element that they have not had yet. They, they've been having Rodney Magruder and, and Mo Harkless like try to space the floor, you know, replace those guys with Landry Shamit. I, I think that's a huge upgrade that we just haven't even seen yet. And this is still a team that's been, you know, a top seven offense. So uh, I, I think for, for them to be as good as they've been with how banged up they've been, I think that kind of speaks to just their talent level. And, and you know, they've also had a, a difficult schedule. They, they've basically been a top 10 um, team in, in terms of strength of schedule all season. So it's not like they've had the Lakers schedule or some of these other teams that, that have kind of something got, like that, right? Like, yeah, like easy schedule, right. they haven't been coasting by on like an easy schedule. Like they've played, they've already played Milwaukee twice. Like they, they've played Toronto twice. They've, they've played the Lakers. They played the Rockets a couple of times. They've, they basically played every team except Denver. Uh, that, that that's good. So I I just don't you know, uh, but that's a topic for a different day. That that's an ongoing discussion that's going to continue to evolve. What I wanted to ask you about as a a both someone who's who's national but is also at Clipper games is around the team, kind of as a, a pulse of the team. So December fifteenth was the uh, you know the, the deadline or the the start of teams being able to trade free agents that right. were signed this summer. And uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe had their Woj and Lowe special on ESPN uh, on December 15th, where, you know, just to kind of kick off trade season, they talked for like 45 minutes about a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different players, you know, kind of the usual stuff is Chris Paul getting moved. Uh, what's happening with Kevin Love on and on and on. But, there were a couple of interesting tidbits about the Clippers. And before we go any further, I just want to clarify, none of this was like reported as, you know, like fact or this is happening. It was just kind of them discussing rumors. And so for anyone listening, trying to aggregate, uh, just want to clarify that, <laughs> but, um, which I don't, I don't know where you're going to aggregate what we're talking about. But if you want to, we're just clarifying that we're not saying they said this as a, as a report, it's just more of like a rumor. Um, so the first thing I thought was interesting was Zach and Woj talked about the other Zach, uh, talked about Marcus Morris and how the Clippers, it, it had come out a couple months ago that the Clippers had been interested in him over the summer. They tried to sign him. Uh, he was originally talking to them before he went to San Antonio. And then that fell through and that became a whole dr- you know dramatic thing where he went to New York and kind of screwed the Spurs they traded Davis Bertans and um, really regret that. I think <laughs> with, with the way the yeah, season they, they, they traded who's been, the guy who's been the best shooter in the league by a high volume and high percentage all season. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they traded their best player. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but so Zach and Woj said that Clippers are still interested in Marcus Morris, which I guess is kind of newsworthy. Uh, and, and Zach threw out a hypothetical trade that he really liked of Marcus Morris from the Knicks to the Clippers for Mo Harkless, Patrick Patterson, and the Clippers 2021st, which is basically the only first they can trade for the next like seven years. Um, so some relevant stuff with Marcus Morris right now, he's averaging a career high 18.7 points uh, on, on the Knicks, and he is shooting a career best 47.3% on nearly six threes a game. That's unsustainable, but you know he, he has been trending upward as a three-point shooter over the last few years. So maybe he ends up in the you know low 40s, I guess. But that does that doesn't seem realistic to me. But still shooting it, you know, almost 30 games into the season. Um, so how do you feel about his potential fit on the Clippers? 
And how do you feel about that price? Because what jumps out to me is a first for Marcus Morris on top of giving up Mo Harkless, who I think you can make the case like on a championship level team is of similar value. Uh, you know, maybe Marcus Morris is the better player, but uh, especially on this team, I, I just don't know how he would fit. And, and I don't know what that price, you know, if that's too much to give up, you know, Mo and a first. Uh, Patrick Patterson is whatever. Uh, when they're healthy, he's not really going to be in the rotation. But how do you feel about that price? And, and how do you feel about his potential fit on this team? Yeah, I mean, I like I like the idea of Marcus Morris on this team because because he's such a steady shooter. And like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a forty seven percent three point shooter the rest of the year. I you know even forty percent would be um, would be a huge success for him. But whether he's thirty seven, thirty nine, forty two, forty seven percent, like he's a he's an upgrade as a shooter because Mo Harkless has had good years, but he's a very inconsistent shooter, right? And so um, and so I like that idea, but. I don't know that it's necessary. Like I, I don't think Mo has played great basketball, but I think he's. I think his best times will be building towards the end of the season, uh, as they you know hopefully get healthy, as we talked about, and and we see more of that continuity you know kind of gel on the court. But Mo is Mo is a lesser player than than Morris, and and giving up Patrick Patterson is nothing. Like I like that doesn't. I guess that would affect <laughs> like Paul George. That, yeah, that affects Paul George, I guess, right? Because they, yeah. they're they're buddies. But like other than that. Like so, you're essentially talking. Do I want to give up Mo Harkless and the only first round pick you can you can really deal, um, you know, Harkless and that pick for Marcus Morris? Is that enough of an upgrade? It's an upgrade. I don't know that I would want to do that. I don't know that that's the guy. I guess, and I don't even know if you're going all in on it. Like, I don't know if that's the right way to to phrase it. But like, it feels like if you're giving your only draft pick, like you got to be getting a guy you definitely know. And and Morris on top of that, like. I don't even know how to get into this. Not a good dude, right? Like not a like he's he's not like he's not a good I dude. Mean, no, and so like, yeah. I mean, gee, I like you could just find anyone who's been around the Morris twins. Yeah. Like it, he's not a good dude. And so, do you want to bring that? Like I think there's a fieriness. I think there's a competitive competitiveness. I think there's a toughness that he brings to the team, and he has elite skills in certain like he's a really good shooter right and he's a good defender and had think he was probably like he might have been the second or third best player on that celtics team last season like he was great um and he's been you know great in a in a bigger you know let me showcase some trade value role on that disaster of a knicks team but i don't know if that's i don't know if that's worth it um in order to make sure like that you're you're in the right spot for a championship. I think it's a championship team regardless of whether they make that trade or not. So I think I'd rather keep what I think Mo Harkless can be and that, and that first round pick. So the the, the thing that scares me with, with Morris outside of the inevitable regression, that's going to come on his three point shooting is he's shooting 39.5% on twos, which just like, you know, it, it almost it balances out where he's shooting 42% from the floor, right. which doesn't really make sense <laughs> right. when you're shooting 47% on threes and you're taking six a game. Like it's, you're shooting 52% at the rim. Like I'm just kind of concerned for me. It's more of, you know, you know, you mentioned the Celtics last season. That was such a weird team where it was almost like any given night, you know, it could be Morris. It could be I mean, Kyrie was supposed to be the guy, but we know how that played out. But right. you know, it could be Morris, it could be Jason Tatum, it could be Jalen Brown, it could be Marcus Smart, like it could be Al Horford. Uh, that was like a you know Gordon Hayward too. Like pick your poison on a given night. Uh, you didn't know who was going to lead the team in scoring. You didn't even know who's going to be you know top three on the team in scoring on a given night. 
this Clippers team, I feel like there's a clear hierarchy. And if Marcus Morris is stepping in, he's the fifth guy. And, you know, like, you know, he's clearly behind Kawhi and PG, but I, I would put him behind Lou and Trez, um, especially with the way they kind of run that second unit. Like, yeah, he's the fifth guy. So I think you got to look at it like if you're trading for him, you're giving up Mo, you're giving up your only first or you're, they have a 2021 first, but they can't trade it. Uh, you know, you're giving up one of your only two firsts over the next freaking six, seven years. You know, is it enough of an upgrade, like you said, which I, I don't know if it is. And how is he going to fit? Like, you're basically saying if you're trading for Marcus Morris, he's the fifth guy. He's, you know, he's replacing Harkless in the starting lineup. He's going to close games as our fifth guy, you know, replacing Beverly or Shamit, or, or maybe you're flexible with that. But I, I just think you have to be so sure that he's that fifth guy with the other four. And I just don't know if, you know, he's, he's a guy who likes to post up. He likes to isolate. And I, I just think for that kind of fourth, fifth spot on this team with the other four guys they already have, you want someone who's just going to be spot up shooting, who's not going to need the ball. And he's, to me, somewhat of a ball stopper. Like when he's only spot up shooting, that's great. And he clearly yeah. is a really, really good shooter. But he's also someone to me that, you know, he's going to want the post ups. He's going to want the ISOs on the second unit. And that's going to take away from the Lutrez pick and roll, or that's going to take away from Doc staggering and maybe running Kawhi or PG with the second unit. Like, I just think at some point it could be diminishing returns where you're not getting like the full theoretical value of Marcus Morris on this roster, uh, unless he fully buys into, I'm just going to stand in the corner uh, and, and, you know, take a bunch of threes. Like if he's willing to do that, then, then sure. It, it probably is worth it. Uh, I just don't think at this point, He's never really shown that ability to fully buy into that type of role. And he's always kind of had the the sticky ball stopping, the I'm going to isolate post up. And, um, you know, he can do those things, but not, at, I think, you know, at, at a rate you really want him to on a championship level team. So to me, I would probably say no to this deal, but I understand why the Clippers would do it, I guess. Yeah, and you're not getting this Marcus Morris to like kind of to your point right like you're not getting the guy that's been in New York like that you're not just putting that guy on the Clippers team and now oh my god you got all this stuff right like he's gonna have to adjust the way he plays or if he doesn't you have to adjust the way you play and I always wonder with uh I mean there's two things I wonder one is he willing to change that style in the middle of a season with the trade it, he might be I don't know right like I don't, I don't know what his mentality is with that I don't know if he's just trying to get traded right now um, or if he thinks that this is the player he is. But one, is he willing to change his mentality on the court right now? And two, this dude's in a contract year, right? Yeah. Like they, like he signed a one-year $15 million deal once he backed out of that deal with the Spurs, and which, by the way, cost him his relationship with his agent. And so uh, and so like he's on a contract year. Is, is he of the mindset that, hey, if I help this team get a ring, I'm going to get paid this summer? Or is he on the mindset of, I need to get paid this summer? And those are two very different things. And and speaking of another guy in a contract year, uh, Montrez Harrell was the second person that was brought up in the Wojlo special. Where in the Dallas section, uh, Woj is talking about the Mavericks are looking to get a power big. Uh, Andre Drummond was mentioned, uh, and Trez was the other name mentioned. Two pair with Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, well, I just butchered his name, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, and Woj had said that. Trez is you know, potentially an option if the Clippers decide they don't want to pay him this summer. Um, so looking at that potential deal, I don't really know what Dallas could offer. 
I was trying to figure it out looking at their roster. It, you know, maybe they throw in a pick and and that's enough for the Clippers. Uh, I think from Dallas's side, it would make a lot of sense. Like, I mean, a Trez Luca pick and roll would be insane. Porzingis falling off. Like, uh, you, know, you might have the the best pick and roll ball handler with the best roll man, or you know, top two, top three, whatever uh, in the league. And Trez, um, but I think this brings us to a larger question. Something I've discussed on this podcast uh, recently a little bit, uh, but now this is really the first time it's coming out. And you know, Woj is someone that. Obviously, as, as plugged in as anybody in the league, but especially with the Clippers, you know, anytime there's big Clipper news, it's usually broken by Woj. So you, you got to think if he's already kind of floating this out there, there has to be some level of truth to it, I, I would assume. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think this is just him kind of theorizing uh, w- without some kind of basis behind it. So I think the larger question here is if you're the Clippers, how do you approach Montrez Harrell's free agency? Uh, you know, I've I've talked to multiple executives around the league, and it, it does seem like the low end for him might be, you know, the starting point might be twenty million annually. Yeah, or you could be looking at like a, a, a four year, eighty million dollar deal for Trez, uh, starting out and potentially going even higher depending on how he plays, depending on how far the team goes, uh, all that good stuff. So, if you're the Clippers, you know, are you willing to pay him that much? And if you're not, do you just ride out the season and say, hey, like we don't want to take away from what could be a championship team? You know, if he walks in the summer, he walks in the summer. Or do you look at it kind of the way they've looked at Tobias Harris and and Blake Griffin? And hey, if we don't think this asset is worth either what they're making or about to make, let's flip it for something else. Now, the, the context is those two situations were not championship level teams like that. You know, Blake trade was on a low tier playoff team. The Tobias trade was on a team they weren't even sure was going to make the playoffs. So it's different now with a championship team where you, you know, if you trade Trez to Dallas, let's just say, and you get like, I don't know, Dwight Powell and like Jalen Brunson and, and a pick, uh, you know, going from Trez to Dwight Powell and, and Jalen Brunson, if that drops you and you lose in, to the Lakers in the conference finals or whatever, like you might regret that for yeah. the rest of your career as a front office person like that you might have blown your one shot at a title depending on how the season plays out so how do you feel about trez's value how the clippers should value it and if they do decide that he's not worth that do you think they should trade him or do you think they should just ride it out um i mean it's complicated i so i kind of touched on this a little bit two weeks ago in the in the power rankings of you know the clippers haven't even won anything yet and there are people around the league trying to figure out how to tear this team apart right like that's just that's just kind of how it yeah. goes and so um and so the the way to do that is Montrez Harrell's free agency and and I've I've heard um I've heard he could command as much as 25 million on the open market which right 25, 25 a year yeah which that's a lot for him and like he can be a starter in this league right like I could see like Atlanta going screw it what if we put him and John Collins together and just gave Trey Young those two guys to you know pick and roll with all day like I I don't know that that's the best use of their money but I could see Atlanta especially after having such a bad year building that kind of a team. Right. And so um, it just takes one team to over to one overpay before a guy has a really tough decision to make. And, and so in the Clippers context of it, I think trading him in season would be a massive mistake, no matter what you decide to do this summer. Um, I think that I, I, I just think that he's such an integral part of their success and their success in the second unit. And that second unit, like obviously Kawhi PG, like, those two together are 
the biggest asset this team has going for it, right? But that second unit is the next biggest because they can actually like just separate that team from from their opponent night in and night out. And so in term I I look at it kind of like if they're going to move Montrez, it probably looks more like the Blake Griffin situation in that they pay him this summer and then they just trade him within the next year. Right. Like, I think that is more likely to happen than for them to move him before this trade deadline, you know, in fear of of having to pay him a high price tag. He's going to be in demand no matter what um, over the next couple of years. And so because Steve Palmer, Steve Bomber has such, you know, deep, deep pockets, like I just don't think they're going to worry about paying guys up front and then moving them later. I think that's probably their their mode for most of these guys. So, like, I expect them to keep him. I would be shocked. Uh, if they, I think teams will call about him, but I'd be shocked if they actually pulled the trigger on a deal. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash clippers, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash clippers. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash clippers. That's calm.com slash clippers. I went through the the trade machine and went roster by roster looking at potential fits. Cause I think the the one thing too, that complicates this is if you're trading Trez, you, th- this isn't a, you know, like, like the Tobias deal, right? Like you, they weren't looking for equal value in terms of like on court talent at the time. It was very much a, Oh, let's get Landry Shamit. Like let's get a, a, a few picks. Let's get, yeah. Mike Muscala, who we flipped for Vitsa Zubats. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't like a like the Clippers were prepared to potentially miss the playoffs if that was the consequence of that deal. Uh, again, if you're trading Trez, you can't just give up on the season or give up like your position as the best or second best or third best team, whatever. Like at, at that level, you have to maintain it, if not improve. So I, I think the only name I could come up with you know, going roster by roster. And this is something that's been kind of thrown out a little bit on Clippers Twitter is DeMontis Sabonis. And so he's, he's only making $3 million this year, but he signed that extension. So from my understanding and what the trade machine was saying is that it's like an average of what he's making this year versus the extension, which I think starts at like 18 and a half million. So I don't, I don't know how you'd feel about that. I mean, there's drastically different players, um, you know, although Sabonis finished second in sixth man of the year last year, Trez was third. Uh, but some of the people I've talked to around the league actually said they don't think the Pacers would do that. And they think Sabonis is the better player and the better value because he's three years younger. He's locked into a long-term deal that should be cheaper than what Trez is probably going to sign. And he's a better rebounder, passer, and shooter defense you can kind of quibble with like either way um neither one's a great defender i'd probably argue sabonis is a better team defender uh but trez because of his strength and and, you know he's got a long wingspan he can block some shots he he can bang with guys down low but uh 
how do you feel about that? Because that is like really the only other big I could find in the league that's making around the six million Trez is making and would be of of similar value. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that deal for either team. Yeah, either it could team, be a right? lose lose. Yeah, like I like I think because Indiana, like, look, I know they just got Brogdon, but that was because Brogdon didn't want to be in Milwaukee anymore, and Indiana was willing to pay him. So, um, like I. I, I don't think Indiana Indiana is going to view themselves as a destination, right? And so if you move for Montrez Harrell, you're committed to like overpaying to keep him because I can't imagine like no offense to the Pacers, but I just can't imagine Montrez is going to want to stay there. Um, and so you're essentially losing a guy. Now, if you don't like the contract for Sabonis and you're Indiana, okay, you can get off that, but you can get much you can get much better in terms of long term security than than just uh, you know a couple months of of Montrez. And then for the for the Clippers, like it's very possible that Sabonis is the better player, but I would rather have Harrell on that team. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I feel the same way about the Pacers. Like whether you think, even if you think Harrell's the better player, I'd rather have Sabonis on that team, on that Pacers team. And so, um, so I just don't know if you're going to end up paying, you know, eighteen or so million dollars a year for Sabonis. I think you only want to do that trade if you're worried Montrez is going to walk. If you end up having to pay Montrez like 20, 21, 22 a year, that's not so much that, especially with everything you have committed, that's not so much where you're like, oh, thank God we saved that $3 million and got Sabonis, right? Like Montrez yeah, is a guy. Yeah. And so like I just, that deal, in terms of just like quality of player for quality of player, I, I get the idea of it. It makes sense. But I, I think that's a bad situation for everyone involved. Yeah, I, I think I, I think you're right with, the potential signing him and just flipping him later. Like I, I could also see a sign in trade depending yeah, on. Yeah. Though, I mean, those are on, in right now. Right? Like... Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I just, I, I think I have my concerns over signing Trez to, you know, if you're saying up to 25 million, like a, a four year, hundred million deal. It's a lot. <laughs> I, Cause just looking at the Clippers cap sheet quickly. I, I know you got to go soon. Um, Like you've got, I mean like next season, for example, you got PG at 35 million. You got Kawhi at 34 million. Just there, you're you're basically at 70 million. You add Trez in at 25. That's almost taking you to 100 million with three guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and the cap is, you know, projected just under like you know, around 115, 117. So I I just I, I don't I think if you're paying Trez that much money, you're basically saying he's our Clay Thompson, he's our Kevin Love, he's our Chris Bosch. We're going with a bit of a big three model because, you know, he's a free agent this this summer. Mo Harkless is a free agent this summer. Uh, yeah, you're losing Green Mo, has a player right? option. Like, so like if you if yeah. you keep if you keep Montrez on, uh, you know, for let's just say let's just say it's eighteen a year, right? Like eighteen a year for four years is his next contract. He stays with the Clippers. You're probably losing Mo in the process, and, and you're probably losing Jamichael Green. And yeah. you know, like, sure, if you're comparing them, you probably take. I mean, you take Trez over Mo or Jermichael, you know, head to head, and maybe even two for one, you still take Trez. But I, I just wonder, you know, you start to lose your depth. Like the Clipper, the 2021 Clippers are not going to be as deep as the 2020 Clippers. I, I right. can almost guarantee that. And the 2022 Clippers are going to probably be even less deep than, than the 2021. So you're at, you're going to, you know, because Landry Shamit's going to have to get paid. And then you're going to have... Uh, Lou Williams coming up in free agency and you're, you know, you're going to have to decide what you do with him. So I'm just like wondering if you commit to Trez for that long, for that price, 
you're really giving him, you know, a, a prominent role as like the number three and potentially an even bigger role as your team loses depth as guys hit free agency, get big, you know, money from elsewhere and, and all this yeah. stuff. So and I just I, don't know think- if Trez is at that level basically is where I'm going with this. Right, and I think what you're doing when like because I I would expect the Clippers to make that signing, and and I really think you're just committing to all right now we have Trez locked in for 2020 you know 2020 2021, and then we'll just revisit it next summer when we've got you know Lou up and we've got to decide on all these guys because like I think it I think it will just be be a pay now, see if you're a title like it's, you know see if you win the title this year and if you do great then I think you pay and then you see if you win the title the year after and then you see. You know whether that happens or not, then I think you look at like, all right, how do we move this guy? We get, we don't want him at this money anymore. And so, and there's probably half a dozen teams out there at least that would make that move, um, you know, within reason. But I I really think it's just going to be a pay and figure it out later kind of thing. Yeah, and and to your point, I, I think you won't know if Trez because my my questions of Trez come down to, I think he is great against ninety five percent of the league and can win those matchups, even matchups you. Th- think on paper he shouldn't win but my my questions are Lakers Bucks Sixers you know the potential conference finals teams and and two of the potential finals teams the Clippers can face yeah how does he fare against Anthony Davis JaVale McGee Dwight Howard how does he fare against Giannis Brooke Lopez um, you know protecting the paint against that type of force and then how does he fare against Joel Embiid Al Horford um, just the collective size of the Sixers like I have legitimate you know questions with those three teams, and those are probably the three most important teams the Clippers are going to face all season, you know, potentially. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I just w- I, wonder I, I at like that him, level. I like them against the Bucks. I actually like that matchup for them quite a bit, but against the Lakers and against the Sixers, who I don't know, man. Like that's that that that's a that's tougher. Not that he can't do it, but just I I share the same concerns. So that I mean, and that's the thing is, if you're going to pay this guy for a championship team at that level, like you you have to. You you have to be playable down the last five minutes of, of those games, and I'm like, if Trez is defending Joel Embiid in in you know game six of the finals, I don't know what that looks like. I you know I, I have I some concerns bad. about that. <laughs> yeah, but, I think it looks bad. <laughs> um, quick, so uh, quickly before you go, I, I wanted to run a few names by you. So uh, of just if any of these guys you think make sense for the Clippers um, around the deadline. So we know Andre Gudala is the name that. They're going to try to get maybe that Mo Harkless in a first package ends up going to Memphis for Andre Gudala. Uh, I think if if you're willing to entertain Marcus Morris, you should at least consider Igudala. Although similarly, I don't know if that price is too high for him. I, I probably wouldn't give up a first, but um, you know we'll we'll see what the what the going rate is. Uh, but you know a lot of people think the Clippers need a, another point guard or center. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be a starter, but just kind of another body that that can help either run the offense or just be another big body uh, down low in case Trez or Zubats gets in foul trouble, gets an injury, whatever. Uh, so I, these are some of the names I've come up with. Robert Covington, I feel like, is another guy where if you're going to go after Marcus Morris or Andre Gudala, I think Robert Covington would make sense. Uh, the, the price will probably be higher than the other two, but that's someone I'd comfortably give up Mo Harkless a first and Jerome Robinson or, or you know whatever else like Minnesota would want. I'd give that up in that deal. Uh, Sabonis is another name, but I, I don't think yeah. they're going to get him. Here's uh, what I, here's what I would say about Covington, and, and I want to run this by you because I do think I think Minnesota is willing to deal, or I think Minnesota is willing to take calls on him right now, um, especially as their season kind of starts to you know lose a grip of the rope. Uh, but I think like 
the starting point in negotiations would be Rosas being very aggressive, saying, I want Harkless, I want Shamit, and I want to pick. Like, I think that's I the I, minimum. And if you're the Clippers, like, I think Covington's a great addition, obviously, but I, I, that's a lot. I, I don't think they give up Shamit. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, like, I think that's, yeah, that, that that's, could be, that's probably the starting point in, in that conversation. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I think they, I think they consider that trade. Um, yeah, I think you I, have I, to consider it. I just think ultimately, I if I'm the Clippers, I'd probably balk at that. Yeah, I I would probably uh, just just it's just because his shoot like the gap between him and everyone else on the roster outside of I, I guess PG is like you know like how much do you trust Pep Everly shooting? Mo well Mo would be in in the deal, but like yeah, you know you know Rodney Magruder, um, Jamichael Green. Like Pat Patterson has been up and down, and yeah. and Covington's uh, he, a good shooter, but he's not a great shooter by any means. He's yeah. very streaky. But I think he fits in perfectly as that fifth guy. Like if you're going, yeah, Trez, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Kawhi, yeah. PG, Covington, Lou. Like you're you're in great shape. Yeah, there. you're in phenomenal um, shape. Few a few other names. Derek Favors. I think that you know now he has a huge price tag, and he you know he had some health stuff. You know his mom tragically passed, so like. It's been a rough season for him. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's I mean, he an interesting does, he name. Want, yeah, he doesn't want to be there. Like if you he doesn't can want find to be a, there. Yeah, if you can find a way to to make, especially with them now that they're losing a lot, um, if you can find a way to make that deal work without really screwing up your core, like he definitely doesn't want to be there. Like that's a good addition. I mean, Mo is basically always the guy that's gonna have to be traded. So that would have to be something like yeah, Mo Jerome Robinson and like maybe a protected second round pick or or something like if. Um, if New Orleans, I mean, I don't know what they're looking for, for, for favors, but, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I, I think he now him versus Shamit. I, I mean, he's better than Shamit, but I think like there's, there could be some overlap there where you're like, it, it's similar to the Marcus Morris thing. Like, is he that much of an upgrade that it's worth giving, uh, you know, that would also probably be Mo and Mo and a, I don't know, protected first or Mo and, and something else. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would like him. I, I think he could be that fifth guy potentially. Yeah, um, I'm curious know. what the Kings think his value will be on the open market. Um, yeah, I, I, which I I'm not what. sure, but like I like me personally, I think he's way better than Shamit. Like I, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, like I, I think he's like if you if you find a way to put him on the on the Clippers, like that is like he's not as good as Lou Williams, obviously, but that's a Lou Williams s type of six man. Like he's that good. He's just um, another guy that's going to have to get paid. You know, yeah, he, yeah, paying. exactly. If you're so that's trading for him, you're probably going to pay him. You or or it's just a rental, and are you willing to give yeah, that up for yeah. a rental? Right, like that's 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 a lot. That's tough. But yeah, like I I love the idea. I just I don't know how realistic that is based on what he thinks his value is too. Uh, Jay Crowder as kind of a discount. Marcus I Morris, he, uh, Andre sucks. Gudala. Uh, I, I don't think he's good. I mean, shooting like thirty-two percent on. Three. Yeah, he's had. He's literally had one good <laughs> shooting season, and now we have this idea that he's a three and D guy because he was on this amazing contract. And like, he, he's not good. He's a good defender, but like, he's just not good. And then the the point guard market would be Goran Dragic, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, and Alfred Payton. <laughs> it gets real grim. Yeah, I mean Goran's a tough one because that's a big number to reach. I think he makes like nineteen. Yeah, um, Sadoransky. That's not a bad idea, actually. Sadoransky, I like, I like quite a bit. Um, Peyton. I don't know. I I've never thought he would, like. I was excited about him coming coming into the into the NBA, and then ever since, I'm just like, 
did we like him or did we like the fact that he had cool hair, which is such a stupid, <laughs> but like, right. Like, like he's, he's been good for the Knicks, but and he's also been weekend. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Like he's been good for the Knicks because they don't have any point guards that they play. So like that, so it makes him look more, you know, more outstanding than he actually is. Like, yeah, that anything outside of Goran, which that number is going to be tough to meet. Um, I don't know that I dig any of that. I also like in the idea of Iguodala earlier, like I just wouldn't trade for him. I wouldn't give up an asset. Like I, I would hope that he hits the buyout market and go try to get him. But like, I would, I just wouldn't move assets for Iguodala at this point. To to bring this full circle, I, I forgot to make this point during the Marcus Morris uh, segment, but you you reminded me with that he's such a bad Dayton. guy. <laughs> also, I'm like, it's it's the Knicks. Like, why why do you have to go up a first to the Knicks? Right, exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just all right. You just you like, know, lose yeah. them anyway. What do you? Care? I think I think Zach was was you know suggesting a a practical trade. But it's the Knicks. Like you can, I don't know. Just give them Jerome Robinson and say that's basically a first. Uh, right, exactly. It's a slightly used first. Like, I don't, yeah, only I don't worn know. twice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think you could get away with not giving the Knicks a first, but um, I, I could be wrong. But Zach, uh, we kept you over, so I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Uh, are you, you going to be there tonight? No, I'm in Oregon, man. I'm in Oregon for the holidays. In so, okay. yeah, you guys enjoy the well, the old uh, Chuck the Condor without me. Hopefully, it doesn't <laughs> desecrate any Not, war veterans anymore. N- nothing was the same after that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram if they're not following you? Which I don't know why they'd be listening to this if they're not. But uh, at um, Talk Hoops on on both Twitter and Instagram, and then you know if you have a SiriusXM account, check me on the NBA channel. I'm there uh, Wednesday through Friday from seven to ten a.m. Pacific time. And read Zach's power rankings every week. Comment. Yeah, and send me some hatred that Waz can read. Destroy him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, appreciate it, man. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. Thanks to Zach for coming on the show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you've not subscribed to The Athletic yet, you can subscribe for 40% off if you go to theathletic.com slash clipcity. That will help me out. That will help the show out. I would really appreciate it. Uh, You could subscribe for a week for free uh, if you want to just test it out. But I think you will continue to subscribe and enjoy the content we have on the Clippers, the NBA, and other sports, athletes, etc. I will be back later in the week to talk about the Clippers game against the Rockets on Thursday night. So be on the lookout for that.